Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King. The Holiness Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. We may say unto him, What doest thou? And today, on the Word of the King, uh, my brother Jay Wolfgang is going to bring forth a message to you, straight from the infallible, inerrant, perfect, preserved Word of God. Uh, I pray now, may the incredible seed of the Word of God, which lives in Nevada forever, by the power of the Holy Spirit, minister to your soul. Well, Lord Jesus, it's that time again. Lord, it's that time for you to help me out, Lord. For you, Lord, to help, Lord, me to preach like I've never preached before. Like it may be my last time. Because, Lord, it could, in fact, be my last time. And, Lord, it's time for you to help those listening to listen like it may be their last time, because it could be their last time. Lord, we ask you to touch now as we get ready to go into our sixth part of the series you've asked us to preach and to teach, Lord, on the life of Abraham. We ask you now to do all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, Tim. As we get ready to go into our little theme song we've had all this time by Carrie Underwood, Jesus Take the Wheel, as we get ready to play that once again, here at the Word of the King once again, we want you to go to our next chapter, which we're going to start in, Genesis chapter 19 tonight. Genesis chapter 19, we're going to have you read that as soon as we're done with the song, so... Just be ready with your leaves there as we get ready to go into our song for tonight. So here we go into Carrie Underwood and our theme song for our series, Abraham, The Life of Abraham, Jesus Take the Wheel. Cincinnati on a snow white Christmas Eve Going home to see your mama and her daddy with the baby in the back seat Fifty miles to go and she was running low on faith and gasoline It'd been a long hard year She had a lot on her mind and she didn't pay attention She was going away too fast before she knew what she was standing on a thin black sheet of glass She saw both her lives flash before her eyes She didn't even have time to cry She was so scared She threw her hands up in the
us to Genesis chapter 19 so we can now begin part six of the life of Abraham and Jesus take the wheel. Do not so wickedly. 
Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you. Do ye to them as in good in your eyes, but only unto these men do nothing. Therefore came they under the shadow of my room. They said, Stand back. They said again, This one fellow came in to, to, to sojourn. He will need to be a judge. Now, now will we deal worse with thee than with them? They pressed sore upon the man, even lot, near to break the door. Men put forth their hand and pulled lot into the house to them, shut to the door. They smote the men that were at the door of the house, blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. The men said unto lot, Hast thou hearing besides? Son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. We will destroy this place, because the cry of them waxed great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord sent us to destroy them. Lot went out, spake unto his son-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Oh, get you out of, out of this place, the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. When the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed of the iniquity of the city. While he lived, the men lay hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife, upon the hand of his two daughters. The Lord being merciful unto him, they brought him forth, set him without the city, it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad. He said, Escape for thy life. But not behind thee, neither stayed out in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold now, a servant hath found grace in thy sight. Thou hast magnified thy mercy. Thou hast shoot unto me and saved me my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain. Let some evil take me, and I die. Behold now, this city is near to flee unto. It is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have set thee concerning this thing also. And I will not overthrow this city for which thou hast spoken. Hasty, escape thither. I cannot do anything until thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. Some was risen upon the earth when Lot fell into Zoar. The Lord rained upon Sodom and upon the Lord, brimstone and fire, from the Lord out of heaven. He overthrew those cities and all the plain, and all the inhabitants of the cities, that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looks back from behind him. She came over the salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning, the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah, and toward all the land of the plain. Beheld and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain. God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. He overthrew the cities of, in the which Lot dwelt. Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain, and his two daughters with him. 
heard the saying many times meanwhile back at the ranch well this is not meanwhile back at the ranch this is meanwhile back at the city <laughs> okay this is meanwhile back at the sinful city okay see Abraham is out at the ranch he had just got done talking to God and his brother, brother-in-law, Lot, we now kind of leave the story of Abraham just for a bit to find out what's happening with Lot. And sorry, Noah's Ark movie, but uh, Lot and Noah were not brothers together, but it was Abraham. And we find that Lot is sitting in the now no longer outside the gates of Sodom, but actually in the city. But something interesting here. Tim, is Lot turned evil as many preachers make him out to be, is he as evil as the men of Sodom? According to Peter's one writing, he was a just man. Exactly. And when you read this text, it's obvious he still is. He saw the angels coming, and he knew they were angels, because it says right from the beginning, he saw them coming, and he said, Come into my house, my lords. He knew these men were angels. Yes. He knew right away who they were, and he knew well enough when he made the feast for them not to give them leavened bread. He knew better. And then when the men of the city came and 
surrounded the house. He said, <laughs> excuse me, but you ain't messing with these men. These men came under the protection of my roof. You ain't messing with these men. You guys have dirty, rotten, filthy minds. And I may have moved into your city, but I'm not one of you. Now, Tim, you may be a part of the city of Staten Island, but that doesn't mean you're a part of the sin of Staten Island. You don't have to be a part of that sin. I may, look, I may, when I used to live on the most sinful street in Ashtabula, Station Avenue, Avenue, they called that Sinsville Ashtabula. That didn't mean I was a part of it. In fact, most people on Station Avenue, they still call me preacher. They call me, some of them even go as far as calling me that title reverend, but they, most of them, they still call, they call me Wolfie or they call me preacher or whatever. Why? Because they know where I stand. They know my stand and it was for God. But yet at the same time, I wasn't so haughty toddy that my nose was stuck in the air. They knew that even though I stood for God and that I wasn't going to put up with sin, at the same time they knew that I wasn't so above them that I was got my nose stuck up in the air that I was above them. Now, uh, there's a lesson right there to be learned. Lot, even though he was in the city of Sodom, you notice he still conversed with these men when they came to his door knocking. He walked outside the door, he closed the door behind him, and he said, excuse me, guys. I know what you're here for. He conversed with these men. Yeah. And he said, wait a minute, I know what is on your dirty minds, but you're not doing it. Now, I'm sorry though, Lot, uh, one problem I have with you is uh, you don't go offering your daughters <laughs> to these bozos because they, they, they're up to no good anyway. So, but at least he wasn't going to offer these other dirty, rotten men, the, the angels to these dirty, rotten buzzards. Now, something I find interesting. The Lot must have had more than two daughters. He has two daughters in the house with him because it also says he has sons-in-law which were not there. So obviously he must have some other daughters. Because when the angels smote the men with blindness, which is where a lot of people get this thing, Tim, and which I'm going to hit right here, uh, this thing about when you're in sin, all of a sudden God's going to crack you with some sort of inconvenience. Well, that's not always true. Sometimes you get an inconvenience because of the inherited sin from Adam. So I'm just going to pull over and just hit that one right there. But in this case, God got these guys, used the angels to get these guys to stop them from a dirty plot. So he struck them with blindness at the door so that they couldn't get and harm Lot. And then these angels said, you better go tell your sons-in-law 
to get their hides out of town because we're going to destroy the city. So, it, which teaches us one thing. Go to the New Testament. Jesus said, I come not for the ninety and nine, but who? One. That one. See, there was one that got out of Sodom with his family. Lot and his two daughters... He took his wife, but his wife looked behind her, of course. But it was that one family that got out of there. So, But he also went and told his son-in-law and to tell their families, but they laughed at him. They didn't escape. They could have. They could have saved their hides, but they didn't. But then we find the one thing that most people like to nitpick when the daughters finally escaped with Lot after Mrs. Lot looked behind her, when Lot went up into the mountain with the two daughters, they like to nitpick about the incest. They like to blame Lot for this one. But Tim, let me ask you a question. Who was the guilty party here? The daughters. They were the ones who got Lot drunk. They plotted the whole thing. If you read this text very carefully, they said, and it comes back to the issue that God wanted no household to go childless. They knew this all along. So they said, okay, we don't want... They weren't willing to, they were the ones who weren't willing to trust God. They knew their daddy's stand. They knew that if daddy was not drunk, he would never have put up with it. So they got daddy drunk. This was the alcoholic wine here, okay? By the same token, just like Noah in the Noah situation, when Noah got drunk, with his, and he got drunk, and the son came in and messed with him. That was an unwilling situation on Noah's part. Well, the same thing happens here. The daughters get him drunk. They go in. He's totally unaware of their presence. They come in. They lie down with him and wake up. They do their business. They get out, and he wakes up the next morning, have no clue. Next thing you know, both daughters are pregnant by their father, and he had no clue of how they got pregnant. I'll tell you how they got pregnant, Noah, or, or Lot. I'll tell you how they got pregnant. Got pregnant by you because they got slick and got you drunk. Had you not sit there and got stupid and drank the wine and let them trick your hide, they would, you wouldn't have got there. So uh, that's where you got to watch uh, two on your own uh, be temperate in all things. Amen. All right. Now, let's go into Genesis chapter 20. Amen. Go ahead and read the whole thing, Tim. Okay. Genesis chapter 20. Abraham, journey. Thanks. Would south 
in Gerar. Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, spent and took Sarah. God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, the woman which thou hast taken. For she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. He said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister. And she, even yourself, said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. I also have held thee from sin against me. If for suffer I thee not to touch her. I therefore restore the man his wife. He is a prophet. He shall pray for thee. Thou shalt live, and if thou restore her not, no doubt that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants, told all these things in their ears, and the men were sore afraid. But Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What hast thou done unto us? What have I offended thee that thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom? The great sin. Thou hast done deeds in the that ought not to be done. But Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou that thou hast done this thing. And Abraham said, Because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place. They will slay me for my wife's sake. Yet indeed she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, about the daughter of my mother. She became my wife. It came to pass when God called me to wander from my father's house. I said unto her, This is thy kindness which thou shalt chew unto me. At every place whither we shall come, say of me, he is my brother. And Bimelech took sheep and oxen, men servants and women servants, gave them unto Abraham, and restored him, Sarah his wife. And Bimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee, well where it pleaseth thee. And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of the eyes. To all that are with thee and with all of Thus she was reproved. Abraham prayed unto God, God healed Abimelech, and his wife and his many servants. They bare children. The Lord fast closed up all the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. <sighs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Uh, do we find something familiar in this chapter, Tim? Yes, we do. <laughs> Does it look like somebody learned their lesson yet, or are they still up to no good? I haven't learned his lesson yet. No. If anything, he thought, well, I got away with it over in Egypt, so let me try it with Abimelech. Give me a break, Abraham. Don't you learn anything telling little white lies is just that. 
A little white lie is just that. A li- it may be little, and it may be white, but why don't you look at the last word in that definition? <laughs> it's still a lie. <laughs> so I don't care how you slice it. I don't care how you slice that pie. It's still a lie. <laughs> okay? He's still trying to tell everybody, well, she's my sister. Just because she was born, she's the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. Well, hoop-dee-doo, I smell you all the way to St. Lou. I'll just get a nose plug, buddy. She's still your wife, too. And that's where your Sarah learned... A dirty rotten lesson too and and you learn some dirty rotten stuff and you're going to be exposed mr. Abraham coming up very soon bad enough we're exposing you you may be uh, a man of faith and classified a friend of God But we already see that you're willing to be a little white liar. But we're going to also see that you can treat your your wives like dogs really soon. And we're going to see that coming up fairly soon. In some very soon upcoming episodes of this series of Abraham, the life of Abraham, Jesus take the wheel. But, as for tonight, we are running out of time. So we are going to close for tonight, part six, the life of Abraham, Jesus take the wheel. And we'll pick up with chapter 21, in our next time and next episode. Your sir, we ask you tonight, are you fair face God? Sinner, if you die tonight, would you lift up your eyes and help you die right this moment? Praise God. Give thanks to him. The Lord is not slack to his promise. Some men count slack. Long suffering to us, we're not willing that they should perish. All spend repentance. Yes, dear listen. Lord is not willing that you should perish, but you should come to repentance. Consider in Genesis nineteen tonight the account of God raining fire brimstone upon Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. As it is written in the book of Jude, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the seas about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, set forth for example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So I say unto you, dear listener, that you repent, ye shall like life perish. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. There is not a just man upon the earth who doeth good and sinneth not. That's right, sinner friend, having sinned. 
you are. I need you. No good before a holy God. You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Only God, who is only good, can make you good. His sight. How does God do that? Faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Faith in His blood shed you. Sinner friend, be trusting the blood of those three in this night. Yeah. You believe on him now, receive him now, trust in him alone, sinner friend. For it is written that God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we should be saved from wrath through him. The fearful and the unbelieving, the abominable and murderous, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars to their part, the lake was burned with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. For the wages of sin is death. Yet, God is eternal life. Jesus Christ our Lord, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thy heart, that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart, man, we righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made of salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, Shall be saved. Call upon him, sinner friend. Boast up thyself tomorrow, if thou knowest not, when the day may bring forth. Oh, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse, for cursed be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. We're told in the book of Galatians. Oh, but here it is. But God committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin, for if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Menial, mortal, sin, whatever you call it, all unrighteousness, God is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection alone, for by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.